huh? Yeah, look. Feel me now. Gonna feel me now. I'm your humble and gracious host, Brandon, B, Slim, whatever you call it, go with. We got President B over there. What's up, B? Money making B? We got special guests in here. I guess I got a co-host today. <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself, man, please. Dr. Chanel Payne. Oh, she put the dog on it. And we have a special guest. And I'm going to let this man introduce himself. Darren Lombard, clerk of Second City Court. Mr. Darren Lombard, clerk of, sec- clerk of Second City Court. Yes, sir. You claiming it? Absolutely. I'm claiming the, the, the criminal district court, too. That's what I'm talking about. I like the confidence. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Lombard, tell me, who is Darren Lombard? A nice guy. A nice guy. knows his job. <laughs> yeah, a little background. You born and raised in New Orleans? Absolutely. Right now, is born and raised... Um, never spent too much time outside of the city. You know how we are. Um, uh, graduated from Old Perry Walker High. Uh, then graduated from the University of New Orleans. Um, after that, I started having babies. And <laughs> let me say that part. I am a father of five. All right. Uh, and a grandfather of three. All right. So, um, I got a lot, I got a football team I'm working on right now. I'm getting there. I need a couple of three more people. <laughs> you 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 want to have the three or you want three more grandchildren? Oh no, not I, I'm too old to be having. You're never one. too old, brother. I, well, I may adopt. Let's say that. All right. Let's say that. Uh, at, at some point, if, if things settle down enough, I might adopt. Um, All right. I'm seriously thinking about that. And the certain age, because you know, I could I could take adoption. You know, <laughs> take care. I, I I like to adopt. <laughs> Something that don't talk back. That's what I'm talking <laughs> you, about. You look like you could talk back. <laughs> oh, Especially your co-host over there. I, I I was thinking about adopting her so I could have, you know, a child with a with a serious title like that. But um, she talked back too much. So yeah, she too flip back. She gave me too much of a hard time. <laughs> so you born and raised in Algiers, which is we we gonna say it's New Orleans, but next it, it's New Orleans. It's a New Orleans. Let's keep it straight. It it, it hold on. Oh, it's God's country. All right. So, how can I put this? Uh-oh. Um, uh, Kenner is Kenner, right? But it's in Jefferson Parish. Mm-hmm. So, Algiers is in Orleans Parish, but it's Algiers. Right, just like you know, just like Gentilly is in all these parts. Nah, man, that's, that's Gentilly is, is you, part of all these parts. You cross the river, man. Up, uptown, we just happen to have a little water between just us. Just a little bit, huh? Deal. Just a little bit. <laughs> you know, for those who ain't afraid to drive across that bridge, you you good. You know, you'll find a different world. Yeah, you still reside on the West Bank? Work out. I say you still reside on the West oh, Bank? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, I, I've been. Over there for back over there. I moved to Gentilly, Chile Gentilly for a minute. I liked it. Uh, then we moved back to Algiers about 20 years ago. Uh, and never, you know, found my spot and I'm, I'm happy where I am. So you went to elementary school and everything over there? Yeah. Went to. Uh, and you went to the real Walker. 
Oh yeah, the real Walker, yeah, the original yeah. Walker, and then but but Walker got a little super sporty at one time. So uh, yeah, it, 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 back in our day, like back in the seventies, I'm I'm be dating myself a little bit here, but <laughs> back in the seventies, it was a different Walker. Mm-hmm. I, what you said over there? I was saying I was just born in the seventies. Okay, yeah, you. you I, I heard you was born around 84. You know, you remember the World's Fair? No. She wasn't outside then. She couldn't go outside. She couldn't go off the post? She couldn't go outside. <laughs> She's she, you from the Goose, huh? Ain't you from the Goose? Yeah, she duck. They ain't even know what cross the bridge was. The dancing. <laughs> Much less. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we doing. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Lumball, what's your, what's your current profession? Is this your first time running for politics? No. Uh, it's my, it's, I'm in my second term as clerk of second city court. So you're actually the clerk. You said that clerk of second court. Mm-hmm. All right. Second city court. Uh, been over there for eight years. Uh, I'm in my second term. First term, it was a fight. Uh, we got it done. Um, second term, I, I had no opposition, so we were blessed in that one. Um, and we, we're keeping it moving. So um, now I'm running for clerk of criminal court, um, because that's that's originally where I'm from, uh, with the clerk business. And that's... I worked over there for six years. Currently, Prior. that seat is held by Arthur Morrell? Yes. And he's it, retiring, right? Yeah, he's retiring right now. So um, I did a lot under his administration. Um, you know, this opportunity for Second City Court came up, and, and I had a sit-down with him. We had a little heart-to-heart, and he thought it would be a good move for me. So I took the shot and uh, we were successful, um, but I never wanted to give up the part of um, the job that I had over there, which was working elections. We, we supervised and coordinated elections for the parish, mm-hmm. including Algiers. That's so, the parish, right? That's <laughs> part of the parish. <laughs> you know how to get that one. I in. got you. So um, I, I have a love for that um, and it comes from my family. Um, you may, I mean, I know my cousin who is who used to be the clerk of criminal district court, Edwin Lombard. Mm-hmm. He's now the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals judge. So um, order, right? they got a lot of conversations we've had over the years. And, um, you know, one of them was that the election process, he felt like was the most important part of his job because... You know, people fought and died for that, and there's always some kind of infringement upon it. Um, we're lucky, uh, fortunate in all these parishes that we don't have that, you know, the same issues that other jurisdictions have. But um, because we were majority black, but um, it's still a challenge because the legislature writes the laws. And as you know, uh, we're in a Republican, <clears throat> we're in a Republican state, so uh, anything could be in the pipeline. Um, and I believe that there there are rumblings about what they want to do, um, similar to you know other areas in the country like, like in Georgia, Texas, did, and yeah. Georgia, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I I I firmly believe that voting should be more accessible. Um, it's a right that a, a way that we can determine our democracy. Um, people don't like to talk about that, but if you play with it enough, sooner sooner or later, and make a mistake, and we have a dictatorship, and I Fidel think Castro, it, it, <laughs> right, right, exactly. 
and, and uh, a la uh, Mr. Trump. If he had his way, he, he would not be out of office right now. Right. Uh, and there's still serious efforts on their part to undermine the election of 2020. Now, that's over and done. Just about everybody who's anybody who's, you know, they've all acknowledged that the man lost. Right. Transcript. They're, they're still in Arizona. <laughs> they just finished up recounting again with some mysterious company that was never in existence before. And even they had to cap to the fact that he lost. So in Texas, I mean, they're just right now, they're just setting it up for future elections. You know, they're making a lot of noise about, you know, the election was stolen from him and all this other stuff so they can pass laws that limit your ability to vote. Um, and it's always geared towards black and brown people. Um, and we all probably, there was a time when I, I felt like maybe this will never happen again. But they say, if you forget, it'll come back. Come back. And, and um, I, don't, I don't think we've forgotten. So they're in our faces with it now. I mean, so it's, it's a dangerous thing. And, and I, was, I was at work today, and I happened to walk past the TV. And mm-hmm. I work at a company. It's pretty diverse, but we have a few. And they had it on Fox News. So I actually sit in the office. So every time I see it on Fox News, I change the TV. I always put it on sports because you can never get mad about sports, over right. sports. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to stand there, got a Coca-Cola, and I'm looking. And it was like, you know, women just received the right to vote in the 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to think it back like, damn, I was born in 81. Just 20 years before? Like 20 years, and mm-hmm. I hate to say it, you know, he'll tell you, I don't care what the election is, I'm going to resurrection and vote. Right. Like, Mike don't know the people on the ballot, I'm going to get the paper at the front, right. I'm going to sit in the truck, <laughs> Figure it out. I'm going to analyze it for a little <laughs> minute, okay, this is who I'm going with. But us as a city, a population, a race, even um, gender, we don't understand and realize it's really, really, really important to vote. And I have a, a great-grandmother who died last year. She was born in 1919. Mm. And, like, what I, the stories this lady told me, it just make you be like, man, you got to vote. You, you know. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's like, I just feel like, man, the spirit watching me or something is a problem when you don't. But we don't vote as a community, as a whole, but we complain, like we complain. And I want you to kind of explain your current role, what you do now and what you're running for, because people don't understand that this is a major part of the city. Oh, it absolutely is. So the office that I'm occupying now is Second City Court, which is a basically a civil arm of the judicial system. So we handle cases like evictions, small claims, and small civil suits. Um, the evictions go up to $3,000 um, per month on the eviction itself. And then the small claims there, it goes from uh, up to 5000 Then you have the civil, the small civil cases that go up to 25000 So it's, the, you know, we get cases from, you know, bill collectors, like credit card people, for instance, that are suing you for 
10 grand on your credit card that you defaulted on or something like that. Um, that's mainly attorneys and collection agencies. Um, the $5,000 limit uh, suit is mainly between average folks. Um, you know, like you and I, you know, you're getting a beef with your neighbor because he ran over your fence or something like that. And you, you want to do something about it. That's where you go. You know, uh, small claims for that. Uh, and, and those type of cases are settled um, in Second City Court. And of course, the evictions, um, they only they limit you up to a certain amount because over 3000 you have to go to C, uh, civil district court to file an eviction over that. So um, that part of it is what I do now. Where I came from was where uh, they handled all the criminal cases. So anything that's filed in a criminal case, whether it be, you know, um, you know, a motion or any kind of pleading is, is kept by the clerk. Um, they also make sure those records go back and forth to the judges um, and is available to probation officers and, you know, the DA's office and things like that. In a timely manner? Uh, that's what we're going to get to. Uh, right now, they, the, the problem over there right now is that the, the CMS system, the case management, is antiquated. Um, and it takes, it, it doesn't keep up with the case itself the way it should. Um, and it's mainly because of budgetary issues. Nobody wants to spend money. Criminal court is probably the worst place when it comes to budget issues because although everybody complains about crime and this, that, and other, everybody's up and on, they don't want to spend any money over there. So the, the, Clerks years ago were forced to um, get into a system with another agency and they've been sharing the system. But I believe that case management system was there when I came into, you know, when I started working over there in elections and it was there when I left and I think it may still be there. So it's really old. Um, they do the best with what they got. Um, but if you ever watch the city council meetings, they're always fighting with the city over budget issues. I remember Arthur, he has some pretty strong words for Mitch. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm going to give you a quick little story. So in 2012, when I decided to run, I had to take a leave of absence. Um, and this is when the beef really started between Arthur and Mitch. And when I, after the race was over, I wanted to go back to my old job to help him out with the, the runoff, right? Um, and that was partially because I, I the the uh, the new guy, I mean, the older guy who was, had my position previous to me, he wouldn't allow me to come into the office. So I said, I got to do something productive. So I said, well, let me go help Arthur. And he was like, cool, come on back. So, you know, I love it. So I go back over there and the city says, we're not going to be able to pay him. So they wouldn't allow me to come back officially to work. So I told Arthur, I said, listen, man, I know you need to help. I work for free. If if it comes down to, I mean, you could try to get the money. If it don't work out, I'm good. You know, I like the work. I like the grind. So I went there, worked for two, two or three weeks. And uh, it took Arthur three years to get this, the money that I was owed back from the city. Um, because of Mitch and their beef. So, yeah, he he had many a strong words for Mitch. 
Yeah. Publicly and privately. Yeah. So, and he looked like a man who don't hold his tongue. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just had a conversation with him on the way over here, man. He, 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 he of course, is, is giving me some insights on some stuff. But he he's a, a serious guy, and he's very opinionated. Um, and, and how he feels about something, that's how it is. Uh, he, oh, he's yeah. not backing down. And I love it. You know, sometimes you get caught in that. But, you know... <clears throat> I mean, that's the best way to be. Be blunt and be yourself and just speak the oh, truth. Yeah. That way people know what to expect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he decided to retire, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> now it's my shot. So, um, you know, uh, I had been asked several times before to run for the position. I'm like, nah, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, I, I came up under him. I, I would love to see him retire and, and go on to, to enjoy his life without all the headaches of, you know, what's going on, but he just, you know, he, he was set his ways about it. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't doing a bad job. Yeah. Um, I mean, and especially, I don't know how true it is, but they said they didn't, I don't know if they still don't have the right computers. Uh, they was writing things down. I mean. They've gotten, <clears throat> they've been fortunate enough uh, recently to get a hold of new computers. Um. Um, they've just redone the infrastructure for, uh, you know, the servers and all that stuff, the switches they need to implement a new system. Mm-hmm. Now they just need to get a hold of the system. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, you know, as bad as that is, when I took office in Second City, we were, you mentioned, we were still writing stuff in the docket book. They, the only thing they used the computers for was to email. So, I, of course, I was perplexed by that. So, the first thing I did was uh, go over to, before, really, before I even um, uh, took office officially, I went over to, to CDC to meet the judges and had a conversation and let them know that I want to update it at at, uh, at light speed. I mean, it, it just was... It, it was by the time I got in the office, I took the docket books just to see how far back that process had been going on. Right. Mm-hmm. They did the exact same thing we were doing in 2013. They were doing that in the 20s. I'm, I'm sorry, the 1920s. The same exact thing? The same exact thing from that far back, um, which, you know, was was scary to me because <clears throat> the first thing I thought about was all the negative stuff like. What happens if the building catch on fire? You got thousands of cases that will be lost. Um, was it was it like one? Okay, you said it was writing in a docket. So was it like one copy, or, or was it like a copy here at, at, at the building and then something no, sitting on annex? No. <laughs> so you write up the no, building. One file. If, one file. If you had a case over there. It was in one file. There was no copies. If I was a criminal, I think I would have set the building off. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you know. Well, to be clear, it's not it's not where they have criminal cases, but they do have money cases, which which a criminal mind would be interested in doing right. something like that. So, it, it, and not to mention just that, just some natural thing. Let's say if a tornado came across that, I mean, uh, a hurricane, you, I, a Katrina, a Katrina, yeah, a, a flooding would be not that bad unless unless the tidal surge got. Crazy, like you know, thirty feet high or something like that, it, and then you could lose the whole building. In any situation where you can lose the whole office, was was 
was out there. We were coming off Katrina not long before. Right. So um, I remember uh, part of the problem, another problem was we, we kept having roof leaks. Um, and and when I talked to the the people who were there before, they said that there was a huge um, advertising sign came from somewhere and landed on the building, uh, and it damaged rafters and all kind of stuff. So and they had not fixed that in 2013. Of course, the money came into the city. Who knows what happened to that money? That's another story. <laughs> But I was fighting with, the, with immediately fighting for the building um, to be repaired from damage from, from Katrina. Um, so it was a challenge just walking through the door. All this stuff I never thought would be a problem. I figured, you know, they got to have some kind of case management system over there. So basically you dealing with that and also trying to do your job and have oh, yeah. your employees do their job. Yes. Yes. Um, That's a lot. Uh, it, it gets it gets a lot deeper than that. And you uh, ran for re-election? <laughs> you did go. Yeah, there was there was times when I was like, man, what the hell did I get into here? Um, so we fought with the city over the building because the city couldn't afford or, or didn't want to afford or whatever. They didn't want to have a building manager. So I became the building manager, literally to this day. Um, anything that comes through there kind of comes through me. Uh, either myself or the judge, um, you know, anything like, you know, when, when the movies want to film there, they got to talk to me. Um, when when people want to have events there, they got to talk, schedule it with us. It's a uh, it's a tough thing. And then we we finally I want to say back in 16, maybe we finally got the city to use some money to renovate the building. That was supposed to be done years, ten years before, <laughs> so it was it was um, it was crazy. So, are are y'all up to date now per se with technology, mm-hmm. building wise? Um, building wise, old buildings are always have some issues with them, right? Um, and you know, some of the roofing is old, and when you when you replace the roof, sometimes you got to go backward with the head. So yeah, because you can't. Yeah, we had slate, yeah, a slate roof. So every now and then we still have leaks. Like since this storm, we had leaks. We we not bad, but we had leaks. Um, uh, the wiring that can be a problem. Yeah, that's another true. problem is lightning strikes. Whenever you know, depending on how it happens, I guess, um, or how much amperage goes through the the wiring, mm-hmm. we lose. Uh, our internet connection sometimes for for days, um, so it's it's like a quick fight, and then we have to revert back to the old way of doing things for a couple of days, and then and we then transfer. When we come back up, we we scan everything back in, and we're good. Um, but yeah, it's a constant challenge, and you know, it's I'm I'm used to it. I mean, it's just like you know, what's next, you know. I know all the people to call when there's an issue. <laughs> Look, I, I lock in every number. So you say they record, like the movies come, do y'all do the building itself gets paid for that or does that go to the city? Some It depends on the company that's trying to come in. Um, like they'll paint stuff. Like we'll say, look, you got to do something when you come through, you know, uh, you know, we'd appreciate 
Right. So, and, and they'll come in and they want they want to look a certain way. So they'll like, you don't, you don't mind we paint this a certain I said, just as long as you do what you say you're gonna do, we good. So sometimes they will um fix things. Most times that's that's usually what happens. They will fix things that are broken okay. or need some kind of repair. Um uh, sometimes like when you uh, there's money exchange that goes to the city, which I don't like. I, I wish it could go to the courthouse for that purpose, um, so we won't have to fight with the city to get it. And y'all on Tulane Abroad? No, we're on uh, Morgan Street, right across the street from oh, the yeah. ferry. Yeah, in the Alger. old traffic court. Is that the old traffic court? Yeah, traffic court was held there for a couple of years yeah. after the storm. As a matter of fact, we were having conversations with them coming back. Because, it, as you know, the building there now got damaged. So, <laughs> if you don't mind, huh? <laughs> I think most of the citizens wouldn't mind. You could have been asked a question. You you sitting there playing on your phone. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The floor is yours, Dr. Frank. But I have one more question. So, who are your opponents? Do you have any opponents? Yes. Uh, is it a crowded field? No, not... not too crowded. It's uh, we have two more, two other opponents. Awesome Bad on is one, and Doctor Patricia Boyd Robinson is the other. Feel the wrong. Uh, that sounds like that. That's boys. You know yeah. he, he, the um, the they have a church. You remember where Skate Country was? Yeah, that's their church. <laughs> that's the brother. <laughs> I was in Skate Country that night. Skate Country was old. God bless the day. My mama beat the brakes so I went from being in state country that night. <laughs> oh, man. I was like 11 years old. 11? T.T. Tucker and uh, DJ Irv at a concert and I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'm walking up bullet and she talked. Wow. <laughs> you you took a lick for that, huh? It was worth it. <laughs> now, Dr. Payne, the floor is yours. Thank you. You're welcome. Mr. Lombard. Yes, ma'am. Yes, doctor. Um, how would you rate your uh, your performance as as clerk of Second City Court, and what are your plans uh, to update and implement any um, anything or any um, any systems at criminal court when you win? Um, I would rate my performance at Second City Court as as excellent, and I, you know I'm not just saying it because I think you know I'm ego driven or whatever, but you know, what I walked in on versus what I expected and what other people expected was much different. Um, there's times, and this is this is going to sound strange to y'all. There were times, uh, even when we got the case management system up and running, which took uh, about a year and a half or so of uh, customization, you know, figuring out what we needed specifically for Second City Court, uh, that took a while uh, when you're working with programmers. So they were building this thing from scratch, which is kind of basically the base version of what Civil District Court has now, which is has a ton more bells and whistles. You know, the it's a sub- subscription service with them, but with us it's not. Um, and they have all, I mean, they could hit a button and produce a report, any report you could think of. We don't have that yet, but it's coming. Um, but we do have everything that we touch scanned in. So there will be no issues with recovering documentation. So I'm very proud of that. The other thing is that the culture of the office changed when we came in. Um, 
because the previous administrations handled things a little different from us, we made sure that people who came in and most of the people who do are, are what they call pro se litigants. They don't have a clue. Most of them is their first time in. Um, so they're kind of intimidated by the process. So we make triple sure that they leave with a different opinion than what they walked in with. So uh, we work with the community a lot on making sure that they understand the process and what they need to do. Now, moving forward, that old case management system that, that's at, at the criminal courts office is going to go. Um, and as fast as I can make that happen, it will happen. Um, and unlike in some situations, I'm going to include all the stakeholders, which are the judges who are mostly affected by it. Um, the defendants, everybody who's the, the lawyers, the DA's office, the sheriff's office. And I actually want to have a way of communicating with municipal and traffic court because there's another issue that goes on. I'm sure we all know somebody that's been caught in this is that, you know, you got a case in criminal court. You, you get arrested for DWI. Um, you're sitting in jail over there. When your case comes up, what's the judge going to do? They're going to issue another warrant. When you get out of jail on that one, do you know necessarily? No. If, if you don't know and you're riding around again, you get caught behind a traffic stop or whatever, you're going back to jail again. So now, you, now you're in that cycle. Uh, you lose your job. You can't take care of your family, can't pay your rent, can't eat, you know, pay for your food. So that... That can destroy a person's life. Um, and if you think about it, just 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 think about what you go through going to pay a ticket. And much less if you got a case pending on you, like you know you got some some charge on you. So we want to make sure that all these entities can communicate with each other. So if somebody is in a jam somewhere, or they're out of town, or they got some other issue, the communication is there. Um, so I like to have it where if you look at a particular file, everything is there from all parties for all parties to see. And I'd also like to have that accessible to the public. Um, one of my opponents wants to charge for that service. That That is not fair. Let's start there. I do not. I do not want to charge the general public for that. I mean, that's another. I mean, we. You know, poor people pay for too much as it is. Hmm. Um, and I hate to say it, it's mostly poor people that go to jail. Absolutely, yeah, we man. know we know the the level of income is is directly correlated to whether or not you sit in jail. Um, there's a correlation there, um, and like you said, most mostly poor people get caught in those systems and they can't they can't afford it. So, yeah, that that system can help in a lot. You, you know, when you think about it, you think it's just a benign system, ain't no big deal. You know, it can't afford, it can't affect this, this, the, the wheels of justice, so to speak, right? Until your case doesn't show up where it needs to show up, when it needs to show up. Um, things like that. Let's say you're a witness in a case. If you, there's an issue with your file, your date get reset, you coming back again. Now, if you're a witness in a case, let's say... Let's let's go to the extreme. If you were a witness witness in a murder case, do you want to have to keep coming to criminal court? Nah, <laughs> we've we've heard of people getting uh, jammed up 
outside of criminal court. I'm to tell you, I remember when the dude walked, got in the car, pulled on, saw white. Mm-hmm. It was... Right. It, it, it don't matter with some folks. There's some real dangerous people out there. So do you want your witnesses and your, your family members and all of that coming back two, three times unnecessary? That it, and then it gets pushed off for months because a docket, sometimes you, there's no next week. <laughs> Almost. It's, it's a difficult thing. You got a trial that's set to go this day and something happens and change the date. It's going to be months. So you as a defendant, I mean, I don't think a defendant should have to deal with something like that, which is basically not of their uh, causing. Uh, it's not anybody's fault except for the fact that the information is not being channeled where it needs to go as fast as it can. Uh, and that leads to other issues like um, expungements and stuff like that. I mean, I can get into that if you'd like. Yes, sir. Um, but expungements are, are a passionate thing for me as well yeah, because, you know, oh, wait, 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 you need something expunged? No, man. I had to have something expunged. I worked for corporate America, baby. I had to have something expunged. <laughs> I've never been to jail. I've been detained. <laughs> I've been put in the car. I've so, Mr. Lumbar, tell us about the expungement process. And what can and what you are going to do to expedite the process for the um, citizens of New Orleans. Well, right now, uh, the expungement process could be pretty rough for you. If you go in, and I've had some family members uh, who also complain about this, but if you go in, it could take months to get from point A to point B. Months. Now, that shouldn't happen. What do you mean, point A to point B? Meaning from the time that you file your expungement documentation to the time you actually get it expunged. Um, there's, there's issues with it, number one, because it has to go between the clerk's office. It goes, first off, you come in, you file your documentation. Then it goes to the judge. Then it goes to the DA's office or whoever else is involved in that process. It could be parole, probation and parole. Or, you know, there's several agencies. At the end of the day, the last agency, I believe, is the state police. So they are the, the last step up, is from what I understand, and they take their time. So... I thought you put your, your, your money in. And, and, your and, and, and you're good next week, oh, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, that day? No, absolutely not. Well, that would be wonderful. I don't know if it's possible because it has to go through so many hands legally. But then the state police uh, But yeah, you know, the state police got to be involved in that process. So I've talked to the judges, and we actually were trying to put together an expungement day where people who can't afford it, don't understand it, who need help with it, could come down and, and sit and get at, advised by attorneys. And some of most, if not all of those fees would be waived. All of the uh, stakeholders, except the state police, from what I understand, were cool with reducing or eliminating their fees for indigent defenders. You know, to me, the, the criminal justice system, there's a part of it that is an absolute drain that doesn't help the situation. Most people don't commit crime just because they love committing crime. They commit crime because they need some money. They're trying to survive. They're trying to, you know, pay their rent or whatever the case may be, um, trying to feed their children. They're not committing crimes 
just for the, the fun of it. What's the cost of an expungement now? I know when I had mine, it was 500 Why you had an expungement? Yeah, what you had an expungement for? I got to check in on you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. 500 Um, There is a $500 fee, I believe, from the clerk's office alone. So it can cost you up to 2000 So even at the $500 uh, fee rate, how many people you know running around with that kind of money in their pocket just, just coming out of jail, uh, coming off some situation, they're trying to get their life together? Who, I mean, we have trouble paying our light bills sometimes. <laughs> you know, we, we go hungry sometimes, um, you know, in those situations. So you're, pushing, you, you're basically pushing the person right back into that environment. And then you come back and ask them why you keep doing this. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That's counterproductive. So, you know, I'm going to work with all the stakeholders plus the state legislature and see if we can figure out a way where people who can't afford it can either have their fees reduced or get on a payment plan or something of that nature. Or um, even if they can volunteer and go... Right. Do some public, yeah, some, some community some service up. work. Pick some trash up in the east. That's, that's look, look. I, I agree with that right there. I, I, mean, I think there should be that kind of exchange, yeah. you know, some kind of com- community involvement to offset the cost. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure if it were me, I'd be picking up all the trash that they let me expunge my stuff for free. Am I right? <laughs> what a bag. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a bag to pick, the, the little grappler thing, all of that. So you uh, say anywhere from 500 to 2,000, so. That's a lot of money. It is, but what can actually be exposed? Because I've heard different stories, meaning if you had a, let's say, intent to distribute heroin, mm-hmm. a federal case, it's kind of hard. I'm not sure on the federal side of things, but for the state, I believe it's just about um, any not, for sure, nonviolent stuff. Right. Um, but the problem is, and the misconception is that people think that when they get an expungement, when they finally get one, that no one can see it, it's not there, and all this other stuff. It is. And it still is. It's just that... I thought you wasn't supposed to be able to see it. Certain, like if you're working with children, for instance... That come up. It, absolutely. Right. Healthcare, children, seniors, the state gets involved in that, and they can see everything. Um, so you, you really, you expunge it, but you're not. Hold on, Mr. Lovebot. I thought the records were sealed. No, there's no sealing of the records. So I'm paying paying for an expungement, but you say want to work with children. Because I have a friend, and I wish he was here today. He was supposed to show up. He, I think, 92 he got out. Like Mm -hmm. 1992. Man changed his life, whatever. Went to get a job, got the job. Three weeks later, they come back and they just say, oh, you know, we can't let you continue apartment because of it was a drug charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then the expungement, I mean, it kind of, it don't make sense to me because if I'm expunging, I'm expunging it for a reason. Uh, you know, I want yeah. a job, a right. decent job. Uh, you know. I'm going to say this. Um, let's say if you're working at, um, at Macy's. Macy's won't be able to pick it up, for instance, unless somebody has some personal issue with you and they do an investigation on it or whatever. But generally speaking, they won't be able to see it. What about a Fortune 500 company? 
Like generally yeah, speaking, they should not. It depends on what your job is, though. Um, there's Fortune 500 companies out there that have really serious um, background background checks where they do, uh, you know, that NFL kind of background yeah, check. I remember I worked there while COVID. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they found my whole life. Oh, uh, look, if you, if I'm, I'm sure, you know, anything in law enforcement, <laughs> for instance, they definitely going to find out what's mm-hmm. going on. But you. they do what they want when they want in certain states because, you know, some of these people that got terminated and, you know, they got jobs on other forces. It, well, you know. I can't, I can't speak to that. No, not here. Well, I'm not shocked. Not here, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, it wouldn't shock me at some of the stuff that go on out, out and about. But, um, yeah, I mean, the expungement thing is a, real serious issue because I'm sure we've all had times when we fell down and getting beat up by the system. And the most common one to me is like the DMV. You know, there's a you get a ticket, some kind of way that gets to the state, they suspend your license, then you gotta go back, you gotta not only pay the ticket, you gotta pay to get the the, the documentation, to get your, uh, whatever the state needs. And then they run you through that. You, I've had experiences where you had to go there two or three times. Okay. So, and you feel beat down. Even, I mean, that's not a real pressure situation like, you know, criminal. Now think about that for a second. You some guy who just made one mistake. <laughs> one mistake, you just trying to clear it up and keep it moving and get on with your life, do the right thing. And this could easily push you in the wrong direction. I mean, it's, they say they call it the getting caught in the system. That's what they mean right there. They say once you're in there, it's like it's hard to stay out of it. Oh, That's absolutely. Right. They made that right, Dr. Payne. Ask your next question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lombard, what's your campaign slogan? My campaign slogan? Yeah, do you have a campaign slogan? Lombard, the name you can trust. <laughs> Leadership and experience matters. I mean, I, we got several of them that we use interchangeably um, because all it's true. I mean, you know, you you expect a certain thing um, when you elect someone, um, but sometimes we make a mistake. Um, and and I give you one. Let's see if y'all are, are old enough to remember this. It's not that far back, but it's far enough. Uh, if, if, let's see where your political game is right now. <laughs> Do you guys remember back when they had to rerun on an election because I don't there was issues that. on election day? Local See, or state? Local. Local. Mayor? Mm-mm. There, there was an election back in, I want to say it was 2001 or 2002. Yeah, you should have caught this. So because there was a storm, you know, just like what we just went through, um, and they they didn't have all the poll workers that they needed and all the staffing that they needed to, to put on the election. But for whatever reason, they tried anyway. And they did not get in communication with the right people to have them come back. Because what happens in a storm, they tell you, evaluate, evacuate, you evacuate. And sometimes you don't get the message, especially back then. It wasn't like now, we texting and Facebooking and all that stuff. Um, they couldn't reach people to get them back into, into the city to work, right? On top of that, the staff that was delivering the machines to the polling places, they had problems staffing with them and the sheriff's office. 
So what ended up happening was that some of the machines were getting there midday. Now think about that for a second. Midday? Midday. Pools open at 6 a.m. Pools was cracking. I, I used to crack them open at, at 5.30 um, for the staff. At 12, one. They're getting that 12 one. Some didn't have it at all. So could you imagine that? You know, we are we're already limited. Now back then, people weren't relying on early voting or absentee voting or ballot through the mail. They wasn't doing all that back then, like right. talking about. They had it, but it wasn't, it wasn't being there. utilized by the public like that. Yeah. So the bulk of the voting uh community at that time was coming on election day. Now think about that for a second. Now I'm asking you another question. Do you want that to happen again? No. Right? So if you have someone that has absolutely no experience in the field, would you would you want them handling your election? Nope. That's that's what I'm, Dr. Penn, what you what do you say about that? I wouldn't. Okay, why? You, because I've been trying to win. There you go. You, 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 you know what? <laughs> You want to make it happen. You want it. You want your votes counted correctly the first time, right? Yes, I want my votes counted the but first you, but time. You don't want it to happen I before. feel like I need a recount from last time. Well, you could have did that. You would have got pretty much the same numbers. I, I, I'm sorry to inform you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, as an experienced he, he person in elections, I'm I'm gonna say this until I leave this earth. Voters in Orleans Parish. I don't want to say stupid. I want to be nice. They're misinformed. So basically, okay, you're popular. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we seen you at the, the local barbecue. Mm-hmm. You kissed a few babies, like my man said. You know, sometimes <laughs> you got to kiss a few babies. And, oh, we're going to vote for you. And we have been, for the last, since Malcolm out. Morial as mayor, mm-hmm. we've been bamboozled on, on elections because that's what we do. As you know, I was one of them in 2000 and when Mitchell became uh, Mitchell, that's a name. Two, 2010, I think. Oh, no. like nobody called me. I think that was the first yeah, time. Yeah, it was 10. 2010. The race was over. The polls was at 8 o'clock. The race was over at 8.25 mm-hmm. and declared Mitchell as the winner. Because everybody was like, okay, that's Moon's son. He was the lieutenant governor. We went off for that. Nobody actually sat down and listened to the plan. But what's the plan? What you plan on doing? Mm-hmm. And he may not have been bad the whole eight years, mm-hmm. but we didn't ask him, what do you want to police chief? You know, what you right. going to do about this? I remember it was a fight just to get the hospital open in the East. And shout out to John Johnson. He did it, but... We went off of, you know, you popping. The same thing with state representatives in the past. They were mm-hmm. Saints players. <laughs> we voted for them and, you know, and that's a problem. You, you know. You popular, Mr. Lombo? I don't know about all that, I, but I'm but I'm educated and, and I'm experienced. And he seemed fair. Oh, I'm definitely. Well, he has the slogan that says experience and leadership matters. Absolutely right. does. It but really, it really does. Yeah, he's uh, you know, as some as a good friend described him, very um unpretentious. Unpretentious. Oh, yes. You've been there too late. Uh, two uh, a month and a half. You use me. <laughs> <laughs> what that mean? Like regular. 
just say regular. He extraordinary. Yeah. I don't know about I consider myself just a regular dude. Very regular. Loving this job. Yeah, I was shocked to see you yesterday. I was I was really shocked. You, you know, saw man. him yesterday? He was on stage. Oh yeah. You ain't seen me up there? No, I didn't. Oh. And I won't talk about that with you yesterday, because you we're gonna talk after we get out there. <laughs> I was hungry. And I had plenty of food. She was besides herself. We were working too hard that day. Too hard. Yeah. She probably stopped and talked to everybody. Oh, she did. She she got a lot of got me a lot of votes yesterday. I'm not gonna complain about that. Mm-mm. She worked. She worked the entire function. Look, our feet felt like they had been run over by a car or something after we were done. So, and look, I love it when you know at the end of the day, even though she was hungry and complaining, she did say that she felt like she got a good day's work in, and that's what I like. I was complaining. Yeah, you were complaining. That's all you do. I was hungry. You know, she no. I, I'm gonna say she didn't say too much other than I'm hungry. You know, like you know, like the kids do. I'm <laughs> hungry. I'm hungry. I'm gonna tell you what the old supervisor used to tell me. Next time, bring in the um, energy bars with you. Eat them and it. Drink some water. You'll be good to go. You in the end, baby. Look, I warned them. Uh, time and 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 Doctor Payne, you gotta you know. You get caught up in the day. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to necessarily stop and, and get something to eat and kick my feet up because we got too many people to touch. We got, See, B, that's one of the people, you know, when you're at work, you, they train you, you can't ride with him. Right, because you're not going to have lunch. <laughs> like, like, I, I can go use well, the restroom right Hold on. Why are you joking? Why are you joking, man? When I used to do, when I used to be hands-on in the clerk's office doing the election, I, one of the things, election day, I was at work at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's hectic. And the number one thing was to make sure those doors open. That was the first priority, that the, the doors were open and the staff was there in place. So the first two hours is like crunch time. Um, and you get complaints about this, that the, the people who uh, are at the venues don't show up on time sometimes. Then we got to get the de- deputies out there to help them get in the building. All kind of stuff. So, you know, that's stuff that, you know, people who aren't experienced don't know even exists um, in a situation where your power is out. We've had a couple of those. We, we have to get generators and have them prepared, you know, to be delivered wherever. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. And I had no idea until I started working there. Even though I was in elections, I worked a few campaigns. Um, and I voted all the time. I didn't ha- didn't have a clue as to the behind the scenes stuff. And I figured it was a little complicated. But man, when you you have to train, we train up upwards of two thousand commissioners for each class. You just can't walk in and say, "Well, I'm a you know I'm gonna take your name and you're gonna vote." No, it, it don't work like that. You you got to be trained and certified well, to I sit can't get at all that table. That you know, mm-hmm. They don't want to let me in. But I, I think you should. <laughs> I, I think Dr. Payne, I think you should, you you all could become alternate uh, commissioners in case they need you, you know, if they have an emergency, they need to make a call. I knew that the election thing was serious because, you know, I work for Cox. Mm-hmm. Well, both of us work for Cox and all. Mm-hmm. The warehouse down the street where they do the absentee boats, they just like went crazy about this internet one day. Like they were serious. This was, oh. this was a month or two before election. Oh yeah. This was late. Matter of fact, the, the one she succeeded in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
Last fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 going crazy about this internet. They oh, were yeah. really serious. Oh oh so, oh, it gets real because your communication is key. Um, some when you have an election, we have the state's staff backs us up, but they they have nowhere near the, the amount of people that they could use to make sure that all these elections go off across uh, accordingly across the state, right? So your communication, um, if you want to see something really crazy, when they are with us and we're not having problems, they're solving problems elsewhere in the state. And the commissioner of elections for the entire state who I've had a working relationship with since I started at author's office, when I say she's a... Um, she's a bull. I mean, she don't play and she will help anything that needs to be done from carrying tables. Cause you know, we have to provide, uh, you know, equipment, you know, chairs, tables, signage, all that other stuff. Um, if she, she would do it from A to Z. She's the kind of person that'll put out the trash and sign the checks, that, that kind of thing. That's and, leadership. um, you know, whenever I called on her to, to help with anything, like that. Um, so they real serious about their communication because if you can't communicate, if I can't call you and say, hey, Brandon, I got an issue over here with the power. Let's say you're working for Integer or whatever. And I say, hey, man, the, the power's out in this building. Can you get over here quick? And and I can't get that message to you. Who knows when you're going to respond? People are losing their right to vote, literally. Um, you can't disenfranchise. You got to be careful with all this stuff because you can't, you got to be weary of Disenfranchising voter. They take it real serious. Um, lawsuits have been filed behind this kind of stuff. Um, that's how that election was redone because people filed lawsuits because they couldn't vote. I remember uh, um before Katrina, I worked for a politician. Oh. You care to name that politician? Yeah, John Johnson. Okay. So John was running for State Senate, it was District 2 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I worked for John for six or seven years. And I was in two elections. Every time it would come election, they would close the um, Industrial Canal, not the Industrial Canal Bridge, the Florida Bridge. Mm-hmm. And that used to just like make him so upset. Right. So I started paying attention. I'm like, why are they closing the Florida Bridge? It made sense. Why? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a valid reason, right? But you can't stop the flow because everybody don't feel comfortable going over Claiborne, and everybody right. don't want to sit on Saint Cloud with the train, right? Uh, I mean, the train not up, the bridge going up, so you go Florida, which you think is quicker. And it, it's funny that you mention that because the citizens are very finicky about voting, right? I've seen people on election day pull up, and because they couldn't get a parking spot where they wanted to or where they wanted to, they pull off. Hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? You Because you got to walk a block or half a block or whatever it is, you're not going to exercise your vote, your right to vote? So uh, voters get real funny about it. It don't take much to turn them off. And, uh, you know, other things that, that would drive me crazy is that, um, say, for instance, like right after the storm, we would... UNO, we moved UNO's uh, location they, right after they used it as a mega site. Mm-hmm. And then when I came in and got uh, brought in by Arthur, 
we moved it back to some of the locations where they were before. And one of them we used was kind of new, was the uh, the little uh, church, I think it is, on the lakefront, right by the police station. Yeah. So we moved it over there, and then we moved one back to Ben Franklin, uh, or not back to Ben Franklin, but in Ben Franklin, right on their campus. And it was not that far away, right? So this is literally really short walking distance. I would have people raise sand like like you wouldn't imagine because they weren't paying attention to where they vote. Like whenever the registered voters office changes something, whenever we have a permanent change, they change that on your registration. And on that app. And, and on the app. Don't they send you something in the mail? They yeah. send you a card in the mail. People don't pay attention to that. Um, is even with the 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 app, which is easy. You know, anybody can use it for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So if Dr. Payne gives me her name and her zip code, I can go on there and figure out all the people she's voting for, what amendments are on the ballot, where she's supposed to vote, what time the polls open and close. I can find out all that information on the app. Now it's so much easier these days. But back when I was there. It was mainly relying on letters, you know, the the paperwork they send you when they have a change. Um, so there was there was some people who showed up at UNO and were like upset with me mm-hmm. because they didn't know the polling place was being moved. And one time I was like, uh, I got a question for you. When the last time you voted? And all oh, three years ago. Hmm. I'm like, uh, have you checked your mail? Um, like anytime there's a a move, there's a public notice, number one, uh, and there's a written notice that comes from the Register of Voters Office on a permanent move. Yeah, because I know they moved us from Schaumburg to Resurrection. And like, that was one of my moves. <laughs> Resurrection is right next door, right? Is that is that the church right next door? No, I mean, there's literally two blocks. Right. Uh-huh. Because one so, on Grand, one on Hammond. Right. Um, so, you know, I had to, part of my job was making sure that all these old locations that were up and running again and functional, that we got them back in those locations. So that took a long time. When I first started, we only had like, I think the first election, we had 70 some polling places. By the time I left, we had 140, I think. So that was a lot of work considering, you know, we were drive. I was driving down in the night wall when it was still mud six inches thick in the street everywhere with that smell if you remember all of that mm-hmm. so you know it was uh and to, and to see all that devastation is still trying to find places like reverend lucas let us use his place reverend lucas. uh-huh he was a representative uh-huh yep for a minute um, you know, later we moved it to the building where the Walgreens was on St. Claude. Um, so, you know, it was a lot of juggling hats and figuring out how we were going to get it done, but we got it done. So if you have no experience on this, um, anything could happen. I know I don't want to trust my, would you trust somebody to do open heart surgery or, or a surgeon, a trained surgeon? I'm on a train. <laughs> You 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 want you want your brain surgeon operating on you with a year experience? Nope. I don't even want the foot doctor looking you at my eyes. You want the teacher certified? Right. You want the right. You you want a teacher that's actually educated in the field? <laughs> well, actually, 
You know, I was, I was fortunate to go to Catholic school for nine years. You know, I wasn't certified, but I was more excelled than anyone at Aberson when I got That's Ooh. because you were already excelled. Okay. That's not because of those uncertified private school teachers. But next question. Uh-oh. So, you're a clerk of Second City Court. You're running for clerk of criminal court. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the election is over and, uh, and you're successful, uh, out here in these political streets. Out here in What's the goal for Mr. Lombard? What's the end goal? What do you want to do that you're not doing or that's not being done poli- politically? Politically? Yeah. Oh, now, you, now you're getting into a little big. You're going to you're gonna have to be more specific than that. He kind of explained it, though. Now you want to transfer him. No, I mean, what do you want to do as Darren Lombard outside of being the clerk of criminal court? Oh, it's personal. Oh, man, I... I, like for, I like, like doing, but in politics, in politics, of course, I, the number one thing I want to do is get people more engaged. Um, and to me, all that's tied together. But uh, get people more engaged. Get our younger people. These new, there's a lot of people, such as Dr. Payne, I would say, who are taking a shot at politics. Some of them won't be back. Some of them will. But I want to encourage them to keep involved. Um, at some point I'm not going to be around and the next, somebody has got to take my place. So I'm looking for the next talent, the next, next group of people who are excited and want to see good government. Um, and I see, uh, especially since the pandemic hit and all this, uh, stuff with, um, Black Lives Matters and stuff. I love the way all this kind of blew up finally. Um, and people are getting more and more socially and politically active. I want to see that continue. I don't want to. I don't want it to slow down. Um, and I want to see people hold their elected officials accountable. Uh, and that comes from for me. The youth um, have the energy and the drive and the desire to pursue these things. Um, older people, yeah, they they see some things. They want to see the same things happen. They want to see that. But they they sometimes have don't have the time in their lives or, um, you know, they're just exhausted with it and frustrated with the system. Some of them may have given up. But I love the way these younger folks, Dr. Payne, get out and fight for what yeah. they believe in, like like education, um, things like that. You know, where the money is being spent in City Hall, at City Hall, you know, things like that. They want to see more transparency in elections, things of that need. They want to see things change. I, and I, I love it. I love it. Personally, that that is uh, outside of my, my new babies. So my, my, my kids are grown now. They're all, almost all gone except for my baby girl. Um, but outside of them and my grandkids, I mean, to me, elections and people voting rights and people's rights to, to live their life in a fair and equitable manner matters. I mean, I, I'm serious about that. I hate the fact that, you know, certain people have leverage or a better time of, of, of managing their lives because of how much money they make or who they happen to know and all that kind of stuff. I don't like that. Um, and I think younger people can bring more to bear um, than they even know they can. 
I mean, look what happened when you when you saw people taking up uh, time to to go out there and protest. I mean, you you tell me if they if they really thought um, your vote wasn't an issue, would they be trying to take it from you? Would they be trying to make it harder for you to vote? So these youngsters, you know, you got to they see the power in you. You don't try to stop something unless there's a problem, right? That's true. That's why when you're in Georgia, you can't give nobody water and a vote. Right. Now, that's a yeah. humane that's issue. Low. You in line cooking because you're trying to vote because you know that's going to happen, especially with older people. You you get in trouble for giving somebody a bottle of water? Because grandma, grandma 78. Right. Standing in line. She can't stand up too long. I know my grandma came. Right. So if it's eight people, then, you know, you got right now it's COVID. So, you know, you got to be six feet apart with Chanel Lane, but, you know. <laughs> she go, she go get you contaminated, bro. <laughs> you can't, you can't give Miss, you know, you can't give Miss Rosemary no water. That's like so disrespectful. And look, it's, it's small things that people don't realize in elections, right? So the way they create situ- scenarios where they have longer lines in this shit. If you ever see complaints about the number of machines at a location, Right. Let's say you got five thousand people voting at one precinct, and you only got one machine. How long do you think that's going to take? Ain't no way. So they reduce, you know, the number of polling places. They reduce the number of machines, and that causes lines. So that's something the clerk of court can fight for. The proper number. I mean, there's always a discussion, at least in this jurisdiction, about the number of machines that they anticipate using or have to use, or if there's a reduction, or if we need to add more. That's, I mean, if you don't understand that kind of stuff, you, you're you going to have problems. Um, I mean, it's little nuances that change that can affect an election completely. Um, like, for instance, when we had the toll bridge situation, thank goodness it's gone. Mm, <laughs> but... You know, there was a little hang up with that, which caused problems with them having to rerun that election. So, I mean, it don't take much to cause a problem. Well, I can honestly say picking up when it's my first time meeting you in person, picking up from you, you're not in it for the fame. Oh, you no, like no. Like you genu- genuinely you care. No, I, I've been grinding on this for, put it this way, when, when election time was coming up, Two days before, two to three days before an election and two days after election, my family didn't see me with my eyes open, if they saw me at all. So by the time I come home in the evenings or mornings, they would be sleeping, you know, ready for the next day. And before they get up, I'm gone again. So, and I never complained. I would have did it for free. I'm dead serious about that because... People, people just don't understand how how um, fragile the system really is. Um, and again, it it don't take much. It don't take much to offset. We get used to seeing something happen, and it happens over and over. We think it's just gonna happen. Mm-hmm. No, if if you get the wrong people in charge, um, they will allow. And I'm gonna say this. Some somebody in our race has a very conservative record, um, and they have a tendency to be too friendly with Republicans. 
right? Who? I'm not. I'm not gonna say no names. I know. But 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 let me let me finish. Let me finish. So that person is soft when it comes to to me. When it comes to your right to vote, right? Because they're soft on other issues. And if you check their record, I'm not gonna say nothing. Just go Google the candidates and Google their background. You will find out all you need to know. And so, you know, they run for multiple offices. <laughs> Everything with dog catcher. <laughs> Look, I'm serious about mine. <laughs> Clerking is what I do. That's what I've done. As a matter of fact, um, just before I left, um, I wanted to be a part of a delegation that was going over to other countries to to monitor their elections. So that's how serious it was. As a matter of fact, I think I had an opportunity. I forget what country it was, but it was a little, little fighting going on still. Uh, and I was like, no, my wife was like, nah, uh-uh. you can't be get, getting shot behind some other country's elections. It's one thing over here. But it's another thing going over there, going and I really, yeah, I really took Panthers. that serious, man. I, I wanted, I really wanted to do that. You got what? You got black Panthers. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is, this is what I like. This is what I enjoy. I would do it for free if it wasn't paying. Um, and and my involvement, I've been involved in political campaigns all the time. I've been helping people for the last year. Um, I've also been on the board of elections for five or six years now. Last two have been as the governor's appointee. So I'm basically his eyes and ears in all these parish. So, you know, I mean, everybody who's in the game knows that I'm dead serious about it. Um, and there's not much that gets past me when it comes to elections. Um, as well as the, the clerk stuff. I mean, it's just, when you just like to grind and it's it's not an issue, just putting the work in, um, it comes easy for me. Um, and my family has suffered because of that to some extent. Um, I kind of watched my kids go from toddlers to, to driving. <laughs> it seemed like that passed um, like a flash. But, you know, I, my kids even, you know, some of us, you know, when you're young, you don't realize just how important and fragile stuff is and what it matters, how it matters. And, you know, I, I had one of my kids, I'm not going to name him, although I should, who used to argue with me about how elections don't matter until, you know, there were several situations that came up and, and then... Um, our president, uh, Barack Obama, got elected. All of them prior to that was like, nah, this dude ain't gonna make it, he ain't gonna win. He ain't gonna. There'll never be a black president. I said, she, watch this dude. I could see out the gates. He caught my attention right off the top at, at uh, I think it was Iowa's um, primary. Um, so, you know, I, I have an eye for all sides of politics. Um, Putting it on is, is my favorite because uh, it's that adrenaline of having to make sure nothing goes wrong. There's a different, and it ends up, there's a deadline to it. Um, you got to be timely with certain things. Um, so you make sure your people have the right to vote. 
Um, but I also love the the politicking side of it. Um, I don't like to be out front and I get told quite often that I need to talk more about my resume and, and it's not bragging or whatever. Um, and I, I like to let my actions speak. Um, I don't like talking about myself really at all um, if I don't have to. Um, I just like to do that work. Man. I just like... Huh? Talk the first person. <laughs> first person, man. First, second, third person. Yeah. Speaker, spoken to, spoken about. Mm-hmm. I know that's something. Some, I know that's something. something. Yeah. <laughs> I think your resume is important because the when, when you have the next generation, it'll help us choose. Absolutely. So if, if you, could, you could speak on your resume a little bit more, it'll help us because, you know. Right. Look, I, I have a clean name. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my family name and all of my family members who've been involved in politics and never had no scandals or anything. Um, you know, I, I say this and it sounds like a jingle or a cliche or whatever, but Lombard is the name you can trust when it comes to clerk of criminal district court's office. Um, my cousin served there probably 30 years. Um, and one of the things he told me when I started to get the itch to run uh, was that voting was the most important thing. You got to make sure people exercise their right to vote. Whether you win, lose, or, or not, you need to make sure that this happens. Um, and as you know, well, you may not know because my family has been involved in the civil rights movement from way back in the day. Um, and they used to often tell me about situations where they couldn't play in the park without getting arrested or getting harassed by the police. Now think about that. You couldn't play in a certain park. Or go to the zoo. Or go to the zoo. Or go swim at certain swimming pools. They didn't train the the, the monkeys and throw the stuff at you. Right. Or they put the dogs on you. So, you know, I can, I remember all of that. And I, you know, I can remember all sorts of stuff when it comes. And I know from a personal experience as an adult, the value of it. Um, and I think the citizens, generally speaking, need to get to know their candidates much better. Um, people want to be isolated and don't want, you know, they just want to go off of what somebody else told them or whatever. Get involved, um, participate in these forums, reach out to them, um, check out their websites, their records, do your research, because it's important. Because you're stuck with that person for four years, no matter what. Once it's done, please um, take take note. Yeah, please take note. Question your people. There's no smoke and mirrors over here. <laughs> I'm dead serious. My record is what it is, and, and I'm proud of it. Um, and I don't think uh, the competition can hold a candle to it because they have no experience. You know, one person just just got a clerk position. And it's only been there for maybe not even three years. Um, has no experience with, with the elections division at all other than to qualify. So they spend a lot of money over that part. So they know about qualifying. They know that part. <laughs> but, you know, they don't know much about the, the, the nuts and bolts of how to run an election or run that office for, for that matter. Um, there's only one candidate who has more than a year's experience with even walking in the building on a regular basis. 
So I know where the bathroom is, by the way. <laughs> I know where the JA's office is. I know who to who to talk to over there. I know what I know the judges. I mean, I I have all these relationships and stuff that I've cultivated over the years just for this moment. So I'm ready. And Mr. Lumbo, before we get get out of here, before I hurt um Dr. Payne over here. <laughs> how can um people wanna research Mr. Darren Lumbo? How can they find you on you have any social media handles? Uh yeah, I got a few of them. Uh Lumbaughforclerk.com. You can go to the website, it's got all my whole resume and everything I've done um on there. Uh social media, I think it's Lumbaugh for Clerk. Yeah, I'm a little not, I'm a little I understand. Old, I understand you. 45 year so, old man. You know. 45. <laughs> hey, bro. I would love to have another 10 years on my life. Amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. I got grandkids, bro. No, I mean people got grandkids. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's you don't look 65. And I started a little early. How old but... is he? You don't look 65. 65. That's what you said. She What you said? <laughs> you got me thinking this. <laughs> Man, you added another 10 years? But anyway. <laughs> but so, no, uh Lumbaughforclerk.com is the website. There's a this you can email us, you can you can drop some money to help us out if you really can afford to to help. You can help even more so by volunteering. So we have we have uh, tabs where you can help however you can. Um spread the word. Um yeah. I I I am looking forward to this. I want that job because I know I can do it. And what's your um what's your number? Your voting number? Number 10. Number 10. I, I heard that there's some biblical uh references uh, with 10 significance to the number. You know, um, you know. You know you're not I, a child I of God. I can't, oh. I can't Look, I was just Time, you know. <laughs> Time, you know. Look, they're not church goers. I got heathens in here. Do you know? yeah, he, 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 I was told. I was told. I got by, heathens in here. By by uh, Bishop Watson told me. He educated me, but I, I forgot. And what church is that? Franklin Avenue. When that happened? But anyway. What? <laughs> so I, I, I got to mess with him when they do that. You're number 10 on the ballot, and when is election day? Election day is November 13th. November 13th. Uh, early voting starts uh, October 30th. The day of some of our trunk or treats. Hmm. Um, we're going to do a trunk or treat because we're copying off of Dr. Payne here. So we're going to have one on the West Bank. We're going to announce that soon. But we got to bite off a of hug issue because it was, you know, we want to do something for the kid. You, know, you, you ain't got to give her no um, props in here. <laughs> this ain't even about her. This is about you, sir. <laughs> so, well, we're going to do our trunk or treat soon. We're going we're gonna to send out an announcement on it. Um, and as usual, I mean, another part of all of this is our community involvement. We don't show up when it's convenient. We've been doing food drives and giving away stuff and, and you know, school giveaways and Christmas giveaways for years. For at least, in my case, over, over 10 years. So, you know, while some people are kicking back and Eating bonbons. And riding their bike up bullet. Yeah, right. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> and look, off, out of town, living La Vida Loca. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, like like during, uh, and, and Dr. Payne and, and Time can attest to this, that, you know, during the storm, we would, 
we were hustling trying to get people what they needed. Um, you know, early on it was ice and water. And you don't realize just how important that is until you got it. Oh yeah, she said she was bringing them to people, and I thought she mentioned your name, man. (laughs) (laughs) But you called me when the cable was off, huh? Uh huh. First of all, I don't want to hear. But anyway, elderly people in my neighborhood. But anyway, (laughs) she was helping out. Personally, me and Byron would like to thank you for coming to the You Gonna Film It podcast. We really appreciate it. I love to come back. We want you back. If you if if you up to it, we up to it. Oh, look, I'm about it. I'm not even about to play with shit now. And to all the listeners out there, please go vote. Go vote. Ooh. November 13th. If you can't make it the 13th, they have a pre-election, early you know, voting. You request a ballot, you the mail-in re- ballot as well. And you can do that. And I want to thank Mr. Darren Lombard. I want to thank you. Time over there, Dr. Payne and my man B. And we're going to end it how we always end it. New Orleans, stop the violence, stop the violence. Get your chaps. Get your chaps. And in the famous words of Papa Smurf, love is the answer. Who cares what the question is? You're going to film a podcast. Uh huh. Yeah, look. Feel me now.